0: offloading work you don't want to do does not really move your business it does not expand your business right it it no 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 it's just like right like you're like oh i don't i don't want to do this work anymore so i'm going to hire somebody to do it it's like no 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 hire somebody that's going to do things that are awesome right (laughs) right like for the first while and all of you can contribute and do the do the crappy work right (laughs) that that nobody wants to do exactly but like hire awesome people who are going to do awesome things yeah so you can keep doing awesome like that is just to me that's that's the key
1: happy holidays happy holidays whoa i thought for a minute you were gonna sing
0: that's all you get
1: okay i can loop it for 10 hours
0: by the end of the episode (laughs) great (laughs) just Uh, great How's it going? It's going well, definitely in the Christmas spirit. Oh, nice. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I'm sitting in front of my little fireplace or my little stove in the cabin, and you you might be able to hear a little crackling,
0: burning noise. I've been loving the pictures, but did I understand correctly that you, you, the the walls are not that like it's cold in there. It's
1: so cold. Like if you don't have the, the stove on, it gets really, really cold. So you can, like, when we got up this morning, you could literally see your breath. That's, um,
0: (laughs) just like, that's, that's rough. (laughs) It's an acquired lifestyle, but it, it has its own charm. (laughs) Uh, it, It really does. I mean, I've been, I mean, I've been camping in situations that probably feel a little bit like that. So, yeah. Yeah.
1: So the, basically I get up in the morning and I, uh. It's my responsibility to <laughs> to get the stove going, but I oh, I I'm like a little scout. I prepare everything, so it's easy for me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's uh, that reminds me of. Are you familiar with the Laura Laura Ingalls Wilder books, like Little House in the Prairie and whatnot? It's the American. Oh pilot, yeah, it, it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's, that's Pa getting up in the morning and
1: uh,
0: <laughs> or Farmer Boy and going out and getting all the wood. <laughs> yeah
1: it's it's a lot of work but it's nice it's it feels like real work
0: yeah rewarding simpler times with your hands i i like that that's, that's yeah cool. yeah yeah that's nice well i like it as a charming activity if you actually had to do that to survive it's it, it would probably become unfun
1: yeah <laughs> well speaking of charming i'm gonna do something now um that might alienate a few listeners Drumble. um I've I've been on fire on Twitter lately <laughs> and um yeah, I don't know. I feel like I'm maybe getting a little too popular. So I'm I'm going to say a few things now and they'll see mm. see see if I can alienate some people. Yeah, just um, kind of
0: adjusting the knobs a little bit, exactly. le- letting off a little bit of steam. That makes sense. I okay. it's
1: kind of like yeah, it's in relation to what we've been talking about in the past few episodes because we've been talking a lot about basically Or at least one of the things we've been talking about is, you know, the whole idea of like, maybe some bootstrappers kind of get themselves stuck Mm -hmm. in like businesses that are a little bit too heavy, maybe. Definitely. Um, Which is, of course, a touchy subject. Like, I totally get that. But I also think it's important to talk about. Mm -hmm. Um, And yeah, I had a tweet the other day and I tweeted about freemium. And I said, basically, I, I tweeted like a hot take. And I said, if Uh, 2019 was the year of taking funding. I think 2020 is going to be the year of freemium, and I said basically that I thought that a lot of people were going to change their minds about it in 2020. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, some people they have pretty strong opinions about this, Um, (laughs) and I kind of there's just a few things that I really wanted to write on Twitter, but just uh, I you know they, it wouldn't have worked well i think on twitter yeah so i just wrote it down in notion and i saved it for the podcast and for our listeners here
0: great and you, can, you and know, for you <laughs> yeah i and and full disclosure I, I this is news to me as of 5 minutes ago so i can't, i can't wait
1: yeah yeah, yeah. i told you there's going to be a little rant but i didn't tell you what it was
0: yeah awesome
1: i think okay so basically here's the thing so one of the the the, the overall kind of vibe i get is that the people that really and this is maybe controversial but the people in favor of freemium right now or the people interested in um basically trying out freemium are people that are really successful <laughs> so like Basecamp, camp convert kid you know a few of those i would consider pretty successful businesses sure and a lot of the people that have very strong opinions against freemium at least from at least what I see on Twitter are maybe l- less successful. Mm-hmm. I mean, they might be successful in a different way that I don't get or whatever. But in terms of like how a lot of people probably measure, like how successful a startup is. Um, but basically, so this made me think a little bit. Um, surprise. <laughs> <laughs> um, but what I thought was maybe like because one of the things people said were oh it's too expensive to do freemium. I can't afford it. And I kept saying, yeah, but you can just, it's just, you know, it's an acquisition. It's, it's, it's an acquisition channel for you. Right. You, it's like every other acquisition channel. You need to understand like how much it costs and you basically need to budget for it. If you want to do it right. You need to see if you can afford it yeah. and how expensive it is. Mm-hmm. Um, but then when people just like, you know, blanket statements say that they can't afford freemium for their business, It makes me think that maybe it's not really about freemium. Maybe they just really can't afford growth in general. Like maybe the reason they are saying that they can't afford to experiment with freemium or build like try freemium is because they've kind of locked themselves into a heavy business as we talked about.
0: Mm. Does that make sense? Yeah. I mean, it, yeah, if your margins are not there um, absorbing the cost of going, freemium um it is very real you know and if if, you yeah and if the unit if if the unit economics don't work of course it's a non-starter but let's just assume that unit economics do work over some time period freemium pays off you don't necessarily have the resources or funds to go through that what they call a j-curve it's like the going down before you go back up again um you know, eating into your costs to get the payoff uh, afterwards. It, it, this is where you get into things like payback periods and everything else, right? Um, so,
1: yeah, and that's the thing. And like, a lot of people said, you you need a lot of capital to do that, and and I acknowledge that. And like, maybe maybe that's another argument for why some bootstrap businesses needs funding to kind of get started. Like maybe it's not, maybe there's nothing wrong with the fact that a lot of businesses actually need a bit of capital to kind of get off the ground.
0: Yeah. I mean, I, hmm, I don't know if I agree with the fact that it requires a lot of capital. I mean, it just, doesn't it just require you being willing to pay the bills on the servers? And <laughs> I mean, if you're yeah. a developer, if you're a developer, yeah, yeah, you're basically saying I need to work on I mean, honestly, if you're a developer f- founder, I think freemium is is great because you're basically translating your product skills into marketing skills through a through oh yeah, a I love that you know oh, like that's, that's a good. that's a great function to run. It's like input great product, output leads. Now you need yeah. to be marketing smart to implement yeah, freemium yeah. properly, um, and that's where people who are maybe just thinking product, give away everything for free. That's how it works. You, obviously let's take a step past that. If you, a smart implementation of freemium for somebody that's product centric is I a mean, product led growth, PLG as they call it is, yeah, seems like a really smart thing. Um, yeah. I love
1: that. I, I, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. What are, what are, what I'm thinking is more like if, if people's only argument against freemium is like if they agree that it, it could be good for them, but the only excuse they have is they don't have enough capital to do it right now. Mm. Like, yeah, th- it seemed like it, <laughs> if you could prove that if you had more capital, you could get a lot of free users that could eventually become paid users.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You could probably raise money pretty easily. Right. So I don't really it, I don't really buy their whole
0: like argument about it. Yeah. And, you know, got to be careful on the raise money easily thing because there's so much around narratives and optics and, you know, are you growing fast right now? I mean, if you're not growing fast, if you haven't been growing fast and by fast, let's just say doubling annually. Um, yeah. Coming up with a freemium play and then saying I'm going to raise money on it is still going to be really hard. Um, but uh, to your point, yeah, I mean, I, th- this, this is restating – Something I've been saying online as well lately, which is a lot of startups that are bootstrapped. Um, let's just say bootstrapped. Uh, certainly, independent startups, non VC, they're really they're really businesses already. They have a business mm. model figured out, and they're running yeah. it, and they're they're taking money from it, and they're buying people to execute on it, and just kind of run the mill, if you will. And you know, once you get to that point, if your amount of revenue per employee. Gets to a certain number, right? Um, then you don't really have a lot of cash to to experiment or to invest in growth at that point. I mean, if you're breaking even, um, you know wh- where do you go from there? You got to keep got to keep shoveling coal until you get some money in the bank, you know. And that's just a really slow, slow uh, sledding, right? Yeah, I guess it it really
1: is about growth.
0: It really is about growth and man, it's possible to grow without, you know, leaving your principles, but, um, Paul Graham had a really saying that stuck with me still burns, it burned in my brain. It was, uh, things that are large, uh, in many cases grew fast, right? Mm. I won't say in all cases, but you know, yeah, there's, it takes a very special thing to be very large, And to have grown slowly, and I think that maybe that is the that's the ethos of the bootstrapping world and the independent startup world is that you know being okay with the slow, sustainable growth that gets you eventually there. I'll also say though that that is a path that it can be very hard to realize your personal goals on a slow growth path because while you're growing slowly. You know, a lot. Of, you, you know, your time's ticking, right? And yeah, your kids are getting older. You're getting older. You have goals that you wanted to hit, and um, there's there's only a certain amount of patience, I think, that we all have for for slow growth. So it, it can be too slow, right? Yeah, yeah. I think there are a lot of a lot of bootstrap bootstrapper businesses
1: that don't really grow that much, mm-hmm. and a lot of them are kind of like maintenance mode. And it makes sense that maybe it's too risky to like you know change your whole model about how you run your business but i think also like kind of the problem with this whole freemium thing is for a lot of businesses maybe they like in order to even think about freemium they kind of have to change their mind about how well their business is doing like how how much value like y- you kind of like need to understand where the value is in your business and how much people are willing to pay for it and like Mm-hmm. Before before you can even come up with a freemium model, and if you think you can't, like if you are doing something that's really expensive and you don't you don't have a lot of growth, and you want to offer that also for free, and you don't have, and that's going to be too expensive for you, yeah, yeah, then maybe there's just
0: like a fundamental yeah it doesn't, problem doesn't work. I, yeah. I think I think you're right when you said it, it's an acquisition channel, and you you know it's. Im- all channels have different payback periods and different activation costs and growth costs and diminishing returns and all of that. Like take enterprise conferences. You're going to pay a lot of money to go, heavy investment upfront, heavy investment of time as well and focus. And you're not going to see contracts from some of those people that you meet in the buffet line for in some cases years, right? <laughs> so, yeah. if, you know, um, but going up markets, people don't kind of, glare at it the same way they glare at freemium sometimes um yeah but you have to realize like that's also a very expensive endeavor like all most growth has an upfront cost and a payback period and you know doing the math on all of this is um it's essential regardless of which one you pick so yeah yeah i i happen to think freemium is actually a really good fit for for product-centric bootstrappers though
1: um, yeah, and the, uh, when you what you said about that, my friend Danny actually said kind of the same thing on Twitter because he's doing a he's doing his main product is um, basically a Mailchimp plugin for WordPress, mm-hmm. and he's been running that for probably five years or something like that. But essentially, most WordPress businesses have a freemium model because they have. M- way like all their users almost are on a free product and then they sell add-ons or like premium versions and stuff like that mm-hmm. and he's making i think he has two or three people working for him but his business with from primarily like one or two wordpress plugins are making that, that is waking making way more money than a lot of SaaS businesses we know mm. And he's doing freemium. And what he said on Twitter was that he liked free (laughs) because it kind of made up, it made up for his
0: lacking marketing skills. And that's kind of what you said as well, right? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Traditional marketing skills. It's, it's, it's a different game, you know? Yeah. And I mean, it, I'll take a small detour here, but I do think it's interesting that we so easily gravitate towards these titles, like, marketing or sales or product when, you know, online, I mean, with with the web applications that people are building these days, I don't even know if a lot of those traditional titles and roles make sense. Like the product mm. is doing the marketing. <laughs> the product yeah, is doing the s- selling, right? It's, um, you know, the marketing is selling the value proposition. It's, it's all blended together. And, mm. you know, it, it, one, one thing I learned in my experience was when you hire somebody who has a specific role or title um you know it uh it does lock in part of your part of your approach to business i mean they are now you're married to that um because you extended a you know employment contract to somebody who now expects to to do that and it just makes you less um it makes you less agile right and yeah yeah,
1: because you're designing your business by picking people with certain roles and kind of like designing your your basically what your business is going to do and how yeah basically the whole structure of your business which is pretty fundamental
0: it is i mean you basically just said we need a human to do this thing here and uh you're locking in a certain cost and you're locking in a certain margin and a way of doing things and that's why when i see you know startups hiring too fast is i think um it's risky, you know. It's it's uh, just because you find people that are willing to pay. You know, going after that and applying humans to that, um, yeah, you you really could be limiting yourself. Um, we'll get back to this topic yeah. later in the show. Yeah, <laughs> thanks for bringing it up.
1: There is uh, one more thing I wanted to follow up from one of the latest episodes where we talked about early adapters, mm. and one thing I kind of. I think we said, but I just felt it more this week, I think, is one of the things that's really hard if you want to build something for early adopters is essentially like almost everyone you talk to are not going to be super excited about your product, but maybe like 10% are going to be extremely excited about it. Mm. And mm. it causes a lot of you know ups and downs because you get people that are really excited and it makes you very excited, but you also get a lot of people that don't really get it or don't get back to you. or don't care. And what I kind of like started to realize this week that maybe that's actually, maybe that's actually what I want right now. Like maybe it's enough. If it's the right people that are excited, maybe I just need to like deal with, you know, or focus my attention to them right now. And actually that's, that's actually the kind of validation I need right now because if everyone liked what I was doing, like, I don't know, maybe maybe it wasn't interesting enough. I don't know. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah. I mean, the the, the t- timing, <laughs> I, I think timing is, timing is people's shorthand way of saying all the variables that we can't control or explain. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's basically, oh, it was timing, you know, it was too early. It was too late. It's like, what does that mean? It means like, 30 things didn't line up, uh, or 12 <laughs> yeah. didn't line up or whatever it is. So, but we can just call it timing. Like, um, if you're at the point where some people get it and a lot don't, that to me is a good smell test for timing. Um, if everybody gets it, you're, you're late, you know, if everybody gets yeah. it, somebody taught them that and distributed the future already and got everybody on yeah, board yeah. and you, you're late to the party. So, um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I yeah.
1: Think we, I I've been talking to you in Slack about how, like, to get to actually get to those early adapters, mm-hmm. and I thought about doing like an early adapter program, so like a you know developer advocate kind of program with some you know nice swag and prices and stuff for doing stuff in the app.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I thought about um, it. I don't know why, but it really made me think about Tubal and and Ben orenstein and and their uh, company and tuple in my mind it just seems like the perfect early adapter tool like it seems like something that only appears uh, appeals to early adapters right now and like even so i'm a convert now but when he started talking about it i didn't get it at all like it wasn't until i tried it that i really got it Mm -hmm. and it just seems like one of those products that eventually like either you know it stays with like a niche which i don't think it will or it's going to be something that just everyone is going to use and they they're not even going to think about it.
0: Yep. Yep. I I already called uh <laughs> i already called this out on twitter that i think i predict that Tuple will stop focusing on pair programming at some point and they will go freemium as well because yeah. the main gap in value that i see every time i click the little Tuple icon is there are not enough people in my friends list. Yeah, there. I I want I want all the people I work with in my in that friends list, right? And the only way that's yeah. going to happen is if there's some free version that lets that happen. But once that happens, man, I'm clicking that to do so many calls. <laughs> you know, yeah. like, um, I, I'm going to do that instead of Slack in a lot of cases because it feels more. It's lighter. It's more one on one. I, you know, slacking someone to get that's. I don't want to call them. I don't want to text them. They're at their desk. I'm at my desk. I want to tuple them. So how is that going to happen, though? They've got to go free and they've got to deposition it from pair programming. But they've got time. Um, and so I think they're just nursing the, you know, getting a nice deep foothold in the developer world, which makes a ton of sense.
1: Oh, yeah. I think they have they have traction
0: <laughs> yeah i mean when all your buddy when, when a lot of your professional friends are developers and they have tuple then you you start to get that thing it's like a social network yeah, yeah. where only your friends at you know yale are on it right and then yeah, eventually yeah. but your mom's not because she's not at yale but they can yeah. loosen in that constraint over time and um eventually i think
1: yeah i think i don't know if if ben is just underplaying this or if he like hmm. what he thinks about it, but he's he always kind of makes it sounds like he he, may, he makes it sound like people are like tweeting about it. You know, they they add the tweet button that you could tweet after your call, and then he's like, people are super nice, so sometimes they do it because they like me. But it's actually not why we sometimes tweet after we've been using Tuple. It's because you kind of want to tell people that you are using Tuple because it's kind of cool thing as well.
0: Uh, well, and I think. Because I want them to use it so that I have more people in my list.
1: Yeah, that's another thing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: yeah. Like, that's what
1: Seth Godin calls a sneezer. Or she want to sneeze <laughs> everyone on Twitter right in their face.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's such a great metaphor. Um, I know you love it. Yeah, I love it. I love it. Yeah, no, I, I want everybody to be using it. Like it would yep. be actually really great for me to just get all of my professional friends on it, and also have a mobile app that I can use to do the same thing and. Yeah, you know, it would probably replace texting in a lot of cases, phone calls in some cases. Yeah, it would become it, it would become more like a I actually haven't used it, but like a WhatsApp or something of that nature. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: It's just it's just interesting. Like when I heard about it the first time, I thought it was super niche and mm-hmm. I thought it didn't really speak to me in any way. But then like now I'm just I'm I'm getting it on another level. And <laughs> that's the kind of product, right? If you get them too early, it's a bad sign, I think. Mm. Um,
0: if yeah. you get if you
1: get the uh i mean if you get what the products do in true early oh, totally. like yep, yep. the first
0: yeah. time you hear about it if you understand it right
1: yeah then it's probably like a boring product i don't know <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah um it, it contains some kind of secret you know some something yeah, yeah, yeah. About it. yeah. Where, you
1: want to like start to wonder why everyone is liking this thing that you don't really yeah. get like what like what's wrong with me for not getting it. I want to be cool as well. I want to I want to understand what it's doing as well. And, mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: yeah, but we come with so many biases and preconceived ideas about our tool set and all the tools we need. And, you know, we, we've already thought of the ones we need, but don't have yet. And so when somebody approaches us, unless it matches one of those really well, um, most people are going to say, I don't need that. I already have this. And, yeah um, yeah you know this is yeah the nature of innovation here is uh, you know I've been I've been enjoying maybe a segue here but I've, I've been really enjoying the uh, starting greatness podcast um, the Mike maples jr one that you recommended yeah. and yeah. Uh, if folks haven't listened to it the <laughs> the interview with Mark Andreessen on the beginnings of mosaic and Netscape and the internet is just If you think you know the history of this industry, uh, and you listen to that, you 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 may learn a few things. I mean, it just (laughs) it blew me away. There's (laughs) basically required listening. Yeah, I mean, there was naysayers about the internet itself. Like, there's no business model. There's no. This is a bunch of you know basically a bunch of hackers and spies and you know scummy stuff. You know, the World Wide Web is a joke. There's eight internet pages web pages out there. Like, this was in 1990 shoot, early nineties, like, Oh, I mean, 91, 92 people were still laughing at the idea that people would make money on the internet. Um, and so like, I like fundamental, like to humanity level innovation was not understood by, (laughs) by anyone. It actually took, um, Jim Barksdale who was a very open-minded person, even though he was very successful by then to say, hey, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe, maybe this is the thing. And he actually listened to Mark Andreessen and him and they put this, it was, there was their last, last gasp effort to figure out how to monetize their technology. And then they started Netscape and the rest is, is kind of history. But I mean, it's, um, it's shockingly hard to introduce something that is innovative.
1: Hey, yeah. <laughs> so that's why we use the mix and match approach instead. Take something that exists in another in another space and try to bring it to a space that needs it or like, yeah.
0: Yep. Yep. So how have you, uh, how have you been doing that?
1: <laughs> uh, yeah, I've been uh, trying to plan my Q1. <laughs> yeah. And uh, in thinking about that, I, uh, I went on Twitter again <laughs> mm. as I sometimes do. And um, so the, the kind of like the, the back story is that I've been thinking about, some of the problems I've had in Q4. <laughs> Basically the stuff I haven't done in Q4 that I wanted to do. And actually I like my plan and I would actually lo- love to have done everything in the plan, but the thing is I just had less time than I thought I would have. Mm. Um so I just didn't execute on all the especially in the app. Like I would lo- I I improved the app, but I would want it to have improved a lot more in three months than it had or it has um so i started thinking about like maybe like maybe it's maybe this would be a good time to double down a bit and bring someone on board to help me on development yeah and this is something i've been thinking about since i joined tiny seed um but it's something it's something that scares me a bit as well because i'm i think i I, (laughs) i'm very picky when it comes to developers um so it feels like you're hunting unicorns sometimes.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, but yeah, basically what I realized is I want someone who codes like Taylor Otwell and Adam Weldon, so like from the Laravel community. Okay. And and I want someone who designs like Steve Shoger. So basically Adam's <laughs> friend from... Uh, I Anna love that you have high standards. with refactoring UI. Exactly. <laughs> I want someone who can appreciate their work at least. They don't need yep. necessarily to be at their level at the moment, but like they want to build stuff that looks as much as they can as something that they would build. Um, so I thought, well, I've kind of settled on inertia JS and Tailwind CSS for branch next year to move to that instead of the stuff (laughs) I have right now. So I thought, what if I just kind of like put out a tweet and asks if everyone is interested in working with me with these technologies and then see if, if anyone is interested, um, so kind of like one thing is, if I do this, I could technically afford to hire someone with the tiny seed money, but it would shorten my run, weight, run rate a lot. Mm-hmm. And I probably don't want to do that because it's a little bit too risky right now. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would probably have to raise a little bit of extra money to do this. But I thought if I put out a tweet and I get some good candidates that are interested in working with me, it'd be a nice kind of starting point to talk to an investor and say, hey, these awesome people want to work for me and i really Mm -hmm. want them to work with me and we have all this stuff that needs to get done it seems like pretty obvious you know to spend some money on this yep um so i did that and um it blew up (laughs) that's (laughs) the only way i can describe it it's awesome like ever since yesterday so it's been like yeah one and a half days now every time i go to twitter there's a new dm (laughs) i've gotten more than a dms it's so incredible dude yeah i see like i think i'm at like forty five thousand impressions for that tweet or something like that i've gotten like 100 150 new followers <laughs> it's it's crazy so what is this saying <laughs> what is this saying oh people love the text tag, that's for sure but like a lot of these people were also people who had been following me for a long time mm-hmm. that's the people mm-hmm. i like to hear from the most like people who had been following WP Pusher and listening to this podcast as well, or people I know from like the Copenhagen Laravel community and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And yeah, it made me really excited, but also like I'm drowning in all these DMs right now.
0: I think the way you wrote this, this is written really, really well too. Like the, maybe you should work with me on building an awesome. Like that just sounds wonderful. (laughs) It just just sounds like, You know, there's a little hook or teaser, you know, the word love and some cool tech. You got my attention, but maybe it's kind of this like, "Eh, yeah, maybe you should consider this, but like working with you, of course, like it just, I mean, it just sounds wonderful. I think, you know, well done. And it's, it's amazing. Like you said, but what does this say about like, is this because what is it? I really want to understand why, you know, like, yeah you know, yeah, yeah, you know, the developers that are responding uh, are just um so excited about working on stuff that's new and you and all of that. Like, is it say something about their current state? <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. You know, I don't know. Like, yeah, it's interesting.
1: I think people underestimate de- how important developer happiness is. Mm. And it's so easy to pay a, a a great developer just pay them enough to work on shitty stuff. <laughs> yep. Just pay them enough and they'll do it, but they'll hate they'll hate the work. Um and I've been there. <laughs> trust yeah. me. Yeah. And I understand like I I'll work for way less money <laughs> mm-hmm. if it's an exciting project. And a lot of like I think developer salaries are because they hate what they have to work on so like they're just not going to do it until you pay them enough to do it (laughs) (laughs) and these technologies are like there's not there's not a lot of people using it but you see all these developers trying to like find gigs where they can work with these uh, technologies so basically why i wrote the tweet was because i wanted to find the people that likes what adam is putting out and what taylor is building and stuff like that those are the kind of people I want to work with, like the people that can appreciate that. And, but that also tells them that they'll work with someone who also appreciates that. And I think that's way more powerful than people realize. And I think there's also something to like, you know, being a developer for a long time on Twitter and like people know about you and they like what you're putting out and then, when there's maybe an opportunity to, to work with that person you would be interested in that that's how i like you know started some of my work relationships as well it's like someone you kind of look up to maybe that you want to work with or you 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 like what they're doing so i think that's yeah. part of it as well
0: yeah no that's that's awesome i mean definitely you know, congratulations on the uh, amazing job as uh, being head of HR, of, of, a <laughs> of branch. Um, yeah, well, well done I recruiting.
1: Thought, I thought about doing a knock knock who's there? Peter from HR? A joke, actually, when we started this podcast.
0: <laughs> no, it's uh, hats off. No, that's no, it's really exciting. I think the risk is obviously there always with uh, a new person, um, somebody that you don't, you know, you haven't worked with before, but. I mean, we, people wouldn't do it if the payoff wasn't wasn't there. And I think the initial boost that you would get by doubling your bandwidth is it, it's it's powerful. It's also addictive <laughs> in that sense of like you get that person, you're like, oh my gosh, we can do more than I, you know, we can do twice as much now. And you know, and then you kind of saturate. You start doing more and more work, and then you know, you repeat that, and you're smart about it, and yeah, you, you end up with a ton of leverage. You know, it's uh, it's powerful. Yeah.
1: I have a few freelancers working with me right now and small things. And it's really, it's sort of magical. And yeah, I'm excited to do more of that. And I, I really want to move forward with some of these developers because like having all these awesome people who want to work with me just seems like such a wasted opportunity if I don't do anything about it. And I'm really worried that I'm wasting my time right now. Like I'm going too slow because it's it feels like I have momentum right now with Branch, even though like I would love to have a lot more traction and I would have to I would love for things to move faster. But I, I my gut feeling tells me that I have momentum right now and I wanna I wanna double down on that momentum and I don't wanna have another quarter where I feel like I don't get anything done. Um and I did get a lot of things done. So like one of the things I got done was a ton of like business development stuff. And a lot of good marketing and, you know, customer development and stuff like that. But I, (laughs) I want that to be reflected in the product as well. Yep.
0: Um, Yeah, yeah. no, it's, it, (laughs) maybe you've reached that point where, you know, the amount of work that you can get done. um, Yeah, you're just running out of leverage in that sense. And yeah, you know. That's, that's a good time to shift gears. Basically what you're yeah, talking about right. is, is pushing in the clutch, right? And saying, yeah, yeah. need to go to a different gear. My, my RPMs are maxed out. I'm not going <laughs> to, I cannot go any faster by mashing the accelerator, but I need, I want to, I need to. And, you know, that is the right time to shift and, and higher. Um, Yeah. I, you know?
1: Yeah. Great. I was having a lunch with a, a, an investor I know actually. And I just, I just told him about the business and what was going on. And he he actually repeated what I already thought, so I didn't even have to like it. C- convince him that I needed money. I'm not sure that he's going to invest or anything like that. But he's a very experienced business person, that's why he's also an investor. Yeah. And he was like, "It sounds like <laughs> it sounds like you need help. It sounds like you're not doing all the things you want to do, and yeah. that you should do." Yeah yep and um yeah it made me think a lot, so uh I've definitely got some some work to do right now on figuring out what this is ac- exactly looks like, and I've got a lot of people to talk to yeah one of the things that that's exciting about the the people that reached out is that there's also a lot of different sort of oh people looking for different kinds of arrangements, so some people are looking for like a part time thing, some people looking for a full time thing some people are, looking for a full-time thing, some people are looking for more like to learn some of these things but have more experience with other things and some people are like really senior people um so yeah i definitely have something to think about because there's a lot of different ways i could go about this
0: yeah that's that's key i mean (laughs) there's a whole there's a whole world there of you know salary and ownership and you know incentives and um yeah, getting getting folks aligned is I mean, hopefully that it's not a good problem to have. I was about to say it's a good problem to have. It's really not. I mean <laughs> having people who are really eager and excited, but then, you know, you do it wrong from a compensation standpoint or an incentive standpoint, it just becomes it can be it can be anything from just a mild irritation that just builds up over time to Yeah, you know, a ticking clock. Also, yeah, you know, if you're not getting out of it what you want or need, then you know, it's, I'd it start well, but, uh, but that said, you know, great first step, man. I'm excited for you.
1: Yeah. One of the things that led me to this was kind of the whole, you know, bootstrappers and growth and all this stuff we've been talking about. And kind of what I, what I thought to myself was, I think that bootstrappers need to basically take some inspiration from more traditional VC types mm-hmm. and ask some of the questions that they, they want you to think about. So at least some of the questions I've heard um, from those kinds of, you know, investors is basically questions like, what would it look like if this was easier or if it was easy or what would it take to 10 X this that you're doing right now? Mm -hmm. And like these sorts of questions just kind of like led me to (laughs) this idea that I probably, it's probably be hard to 10 X this on my own.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's really good. I mean, <laughs> something to think about is, you know, are is, is the hire, is the role that you're hiring for, is it to just do things faster or is it to allow you to do more things, right? If, if you're expanding the business, I think that's in the right direction, right? Because mm. it frees you up to do more stuff. Stuff that needs to be done yes. that's actually higher leverage mm-hmm. um that's where you want to go you know I, and this is why i mean to some extent the the first hire being support always <laughs> always you know that, that it seems like that's the thing you want to get rid of and so oftentimes they hire you know and i did this early on too like one of my first hires at risk pulse was a support person um yeah but like looking back i think it was a mistake i repeated multiple times and the, the reason was you know offloading work you don't want to do does not really move your business it does not expand your business right it no 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 it's just like Uh, right like you're like oh i don't i don't want to do this work anymore so i'm going to hire somebody to do it it's like no 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 hire somebody that's going to do things that are awesome right (laughs) right like for the first while and all of you can contribute and do the do the crappy work right (laughs) that that nobody wants to do exactly but like hire awesome people who are going to do awesome things Yeah. so you can keep doing awesome like that is just to me that's that's the key Um, i want to
1: make the the whole like product feedback loop faster i i want like to be able to talk to you know business partners and potential customers and stuff like that about their needs and be able to turn that into or basically adapt the product based on what i hear and what i want to build just much faster yeah and uh one example so shout out to Duncan who's the the student I talked about early on who's been helping me out like on a freelance basis once in a while. He the, so the other day I um, someone mentioned on Twitter that brain should have push notifications in the browser and it just makes a ton of sense and it's something I really want to have. But it's also something that I've never built before. And I had no idea how that worked. And mm-hmm. I just knew that right now, that that's just not something I would sit down. and Because I didn't plan for it as well. So I don't have the time for it. Because yep. <laughs> there's no time left in my already packed plan.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so I asked him, like, hey, do you want to run with this? And we actually jumped in a Tuple call and talked about what it would look like to build this. And I was like, you know, if you want, spend some time try to figure out how we built this and let me know if you think it's something you want to build and then just like run with it and and see if you can build something and he's almost done with the push notifications wow and it just <laughs> felt really awesome that I wasn't the one building it
0: no that's that's great yeah i i think those early early employees should be the ones where you know you go to bed and that could be metaphorically or literally but you know Suddenly they show you something awesome that they did yeah, and it was the right thing and it really yeah, yeah, yeah. moves the business. Um, not yeah. someone where you're like, okay, um, you know, do this thing and click this. And then when you're done, bring it to me and I'll review it. Like, yeah, yeah. You, you know, you're, it's too early for that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And
1: yeah. the thing I told him that I wanted, it wasn't actually really possible. So he was like, <laughs> like while he was building, he was like, I ran into these issues, like, like, this won't work. Like this is not gonna be possible. Mm-hmm. Can we do like how are we gonna do it? So we just, you know, at he didn't just build what I told him in a in a bad way. <laughs> right. He under like you understood that I want to push notifications and that's like that's the problem he needs to solve. His problem to solve is not building the exact thing I described when I <laughs> described what push notifications is in my head. Exactly. Um, exactly. Yeah. So that's that's kind of the, the the kinds of people I want to work with. Amen to that. <laughs> yes. Well cool. Um, yeah. So uh yeah, that was fun. Good. Yeah. So uh there was a lot of talking about branch again. <laughs> no worries. It happens these days. You have yeah, got exciting you...
0: stuff going on. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, and like last time you actually have a meeting now. So we'll have to save your update for next week. and um, so you better no have problem. something
0: good to share. I, I I really think I will. I'm looking forward to it. Um, <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Ooh, that's so, a nice teaser. Yeah, yeah. I there's there's so much I want to say. <laughs> that was not that for even <laughs> more know. of a teaser. Um, but yeah, Merry Christmas everyone and uh we'll talk Happy to you holidays. Yeah, talk to you again later.
1: Talk to you later. Bye. <laughs>